Screenless. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Cuppa, the show where I chat with people working in the many creative industries. I'm Gareth Davis, a composer for TV and an audio producer of various original content, and I find it endlessly fascinating to discover the links that bind us creative people, whatever project we're working on. Talking of which, if you are working on a creative project, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via the social media using at ScreenlessPod or via the website at creativecupper.uk. So get in touch. I do hope you have been enjoying Creative Cupper as much as I have this year. I actually have a favour to ask of you, but I'll leave that until after today's chat. Lucy Walters is a storyteller, performer and presenter, creating and writing storytelling shows for children. Her work spans fictional and factual storytelling, presenting educational content in a storytelling format. She's performed at literary festivals, museums and other live events across the UK, in addition to writing and presenting content on screen. How do you become a professional storyteller? Let's find out. Lucy Walters, storyteller. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. Hello, Gareth. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's lovely to see you. You're very welcome. Uh, Now, Lucy, your agent's website says this. Mm. Welsh vocal dynamo Lucy has been been working the voiceover field for many years and has extensive experience with audiobook work and presenting. It's an unusual job title, isn't it, storyteller? It is. It can encompass a wide variety of different jobs. It can, it can. So in terms of storytelling, I I write and create storytelling shows and I perform the storytelling shows at festivals, museums, theatres, schools. I record stories as well. So yes, it, it is a an all-encompassing role that goes off in many different angles that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Just before we started recording, I mentioned that I was watching Rosie and Fizz on the YouTube channel and I said that you must spend a long time making props because obviously it's very visual. You want the watchers and listeners' imagination to be yes. encouraged as much as possible, I suppose. Uh, and you mentioned your, your dad makes a lot of your props. That's right. So it is a storytelling series that combines the tradition of telling a story aloud with creative play. So it is a very simple setup. So yes, I wanted to create this uh, homemade feel. So in terms of the story props, there's some very simple story props there that children can join in and, and make at home. But for the more complicated props and the one that you mentioned here, which is a woodland library yeah. that my father, who was retired from work, so he worked <laughs> in education for 40 plus years, he, he has retired and he made the library out of cardboard boxes and twigs <laughs> and just recycled material. So in for, for the more complicated ones, he has helped with that. But the show is around creating stories that it is two bears that I found yeah. in a bric-a-brac shop about 10 years ago. An old lady had knitted them for charity and I'd seen these two bears and I thought, you know, I'd, I'd love to create a preschool storytelling series for them. But they've sat in my story cupboard for years. I thought of writing different stories for them and have written the series, which is now sitting on Vogel Socks TV. Is that where your brain goes immediately? You know, you see two bears and you immediately start making up stories in your head. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. But primary school, yes. So when I saw them, they had coloured trousers on. I sort of ran across the shop and said to the lady who was, you know, who had made them for charity, "Yes, you know, can I can I buy those? Because I have yeah. this idea." So. And I hadn't created anything really for screen previously in terms of an online storytelling series. So it is the first one that I've done. I went to the Children's Media Conference actually in 2019. I think I saw you there, didn't yes, I? Yes, absolutely, yes. And it was the first time of attending the conference. And I didn't know anybody there. And I knew I always wanted to understand more about children's TV and how to create for that. Because it is different in terms of the live storytelling shows yeah. to creating for screen. So I went there and I listened for three days and attended lots of workshops and panels. There's just so much there from animation to songwriting to uh, the funding of TV, writing workshops. And... You know, I, I just sat and I attended lots of different workshops and thought, well, I don't know how to start. I don't know how to start creating it can be, for this. It can be quite overwhelming, can't it? It is difficult. Yeah. But I arrived home and I thought, I'm just going to have to give this a go. So I had these two bears. I thought, right, I'll start to write stories about them. And I illustrated scene by scene each of the different stories and try <laughs> yeah. to put it together that way and created just a little set in front of a cupboard at home. You can see the coloured card in the background. It's very, it's very homemade. It's a very simple setup. Part of the um, charm. Part of the charm. Part of the charm. But yeah. I saw a lady called Melly Boo speak at the Children's Media Conference and Melly's worked in children's television for many years and she's worked on fantastic children's series and created things like Grandpa in My Pocket, the Ha Ha Harry's. Yeah. So I, I heard her speak and I thought when I came away and thought about this idea, I thought, well, I just put together a sample episode and filmed this very basic thing from home, sent it to Melly. And since then, I've been working with Martin Franks, who also owns Bogglesocks ah, TV. Right. So Martin and Melly own that. And it's yeah. a channel not to eight years old. It hosts classic children's TV, coupled yeah. with new content. So it has that educational feel, but also authentic stories on there. So I just thought, well, I'd send it across to them. And since then, Martin's been working with me and has been enormously helpful on the direction and helping me on the filming and the sound elements and giving me advice on that. And has commissioned Kate Edgar to write music wow. for the show. So, and it's just been a process of creating something at home and sending it out and seeing if it would work and going at it like that. There's a lesson there, isn't there? If you don't know how to get started, just get started. Just try. I thought yeah. I'm going to have to try something. Uh, so the whole team at Boggle Socks has been incredibly helpful. So Joe, who's worked on the social media, a lady called Saffron, who's an apprentice, who has helped enormously with editing. So a big thank you to Saffron oh. and, and, and um, everyone for helping on it. Yeah, that's lovely. That's mm. lovely. And mm. um, one thing I've noticed when I watched Rosie and Fizz on the Boggle Socks YouTube channel is mm. that you aren't in a rush. It means you're no. setting the atmosphere, that you're calming the viewer down, putting the focus on what you're saying. What qualities do you think you need to be a, a good storyteller? To listen, I think, in that first and foremost, is that. I mean, my work has developed enormously over 10 years, I'd say, from telling stories live from right. creating storytelling shows and being in a live environment with lots of children and telling stories and seeing what works 
and what doesn't work and that challenge of performing live because you never know who your audience is until they turn up <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> yeah. you you can have the show in mind and have planned the show and you arrive and maybe the space isn't as you thought or it's a show that's outside and it's raining so now everybody's huddled inside <laughs> so you have to you have to change everything and adapt to the space that you're performing in so in terms of that quality for screen i wanted to capture some of that simplicity of telling a story aloud, but with the elements of creative play. So with Rosie and Fizz, they find simple objects in their toy box, each story episode, and that sends them off on a story adventure. So there's things like the garden path is full of leaves and they're sweeping up. There's a kite in the tree. It's washing day. They've lost a sock. Um, <laughs> There is a, a new neighbour that has arrived in the woodland and they find a little yellow door, which is against a tree. So I cut out a little cardboard yellow door, put it in a tree that I found near here, filmed something, <laughs> came back, told a story. Uh, so there's that. There is a Captain Pocket who delivers parcels in a narrowboat along a river. So that's made of out of a, a cardboard tube from a toilet roll holder <laughs> so, and, and a plum box with, with, for the narrow boat. I was trying to find things around the house that, that children could use and create their own little stories. So that's the whole point of it. Yes, yes. yeah. And it speaks to the imagination of storytelling, doesn't it? Yes. You know, we can make this cardboard tube into anything we like. And your attitude seems to be, find an object, let's tell a story. What could this be? Create your own world. It is. And that's where you see the story set. You know, sometimes when you, when, you know, when I'm filming it, you can still see the sticky tape in the background. And that's fine <laughs> that's, sometimes. That's good, because yeah. it's not meant to be perfect. It's yeah. meant to be the children are playing. And what can be fine to tell a story? And there's lots of different ideas that we can explore. And the idea is that because it is a story that's told aloud, that will help boost vocabulary. It gives an idea of uh, listening to a story as well and the way a story is structured. So it, yeah. it, it is just, just that very basic element that's sewn into it. But the idea is that it does encourage children to create their own stories. Fabulous. Mm. Was storytelling something that you've always done then? When was the moment that you thought, I can do this for a living? I mean, it's an unusual job title, isn't it? It's an un yes, it all started through performance. So storytelling has led to so many different angles. So from acting point of view and, you know, managed to get my equity card about five, six years ago through that voice acting. But from the storytelling point of view, I'd walked past an art gallery and I noticed they had a fabulous set there, which, which was about trees, nature, that kind of thing. So when I went in, I thought, well, this would be wonderful for families to attend as well and, and children to come in and, and see this. So I wrote to the gallery and said, well, could I come along and just sit in the corner and tell a few stories? <laughs> just just <laughs> yeah. trying that because wow. I think you sometimes have to just do that and, and, yeah. and try and put yourself forward for that and so I, I wrote to them and I went and it, it was a voluntary role so I went yeah. there and, and tried a few things out and it worked and the lady there was producing for another show and said oh I really enjoyed what you're doing here would you like to do this so it sort of spanned and led from there and I think one of the, the biggest events early on that I had done was with a book publisher called Abrams and Chronicle and they were hosting a Pantone Colours event. 
And I remember seeing the job advertised and thinking, gosh, I would love to do this. It was a game for the preschool children age market. And yeah. they wanted somebody to present a storytelling event. So again, I wrote to them and, and applied. And when they asked me down for an interview, I thought I, I took a bit of a chance, actually. I thought, well, if it's about bringing colour to present the book, but to explore colours with the children. Yeah. So with that, I turned up in the interview and I put together colour bags. <laughs> I put together, for example, a red bag full of household objects that you would find around your house that's coloured red. So I had tomato ketchup going. I had strawberry jam. I had beetroots and tomatoes all stuffed into this bag. I had a yellow bag and a green bag and a blue bag. It was going down on the bus. Lovely. So I went to London. And I just, oh, these people looking at me as if, what's, what's the matter with this lady? But anyway, so I took it all down because I thought... To bring this to life for children, they just have to see yeah. it. So in terms of the bigger events, I yeah. suppose I took a few chances with things like that and tried a few things out and then went and they like that idea about how children see colour within their everyday environment. And then I worked with them on that. And that again led to other work. So yeah. you can imagine now it's 10 years down the road. and 10 years of taking a, chances. I went there and trying a few things out. I yeah. mean, I, I don't think there's ever a, is there a set plan? I, I don't know. No. I think you just have to try and create things. And I, uh, yes. I do wonder about this in the creative industries. They, they often butt heads creativity and business and it's mm. quite hard that way. Absolutely. I like the idea of just, you know, jumping off that cliff and seeing what happens. Yes, <laughs> certainly early on. But as I said, the work you know, ha has developed from seeing how children react to the story yeah. shows and what works and, and, and what hasn't worked and I think yeah. that, that that becomes obvious as well when you're telling a story live in terms of what doesn't work for the different age ranges and then you come away and adapt there so yes it's, it's really fun and interesting work but as I said I'm, I'm interested now in in terms of how I can translate some of this live storytelling to screen yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, actually, what does the future hold? You know, what chances are you going to take in the future? Is that more on the visual side, on the TV side? I've loved working on this project. I really have. So I'm seeing how that goes. Yeah. And I would love to create more children's content for screen and yeah. continue as well from a point of view of the voice acting work. So I've just been practicing voices for that. I've put together some new reels, so audio drama as well. So from that side of things, I'm always interested to explore creating content and creating content, whether that's for screen, for live events. And yeah, yes, just any way to tell stories. Absolutely. In all many Brilliant. different forms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Lucy, where can listeners find out more about you and your work? My website, so I have a website, lucywalters.uk.com, also Carrie Dodd from A Voice View, so I work with, with Sam Dodd there, and also Boggle Socks TV, which is the, the preschool <laughs> yeah. channel that hosts now the Rosie and Fizz storytelling series. So if you'd like to watch that, and it's, as I said, creating stories and simple storytelling at home, that's the place. Fabulous. OK, I'll put those links in the show notes for you. Lovely. But for now, Lucy Walters, storyteller, thank you for joining me for a cuppa. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks to Lucy for her time. I really like how Lucy was saying she didn't know where to start, but she just had to give it a go. It's what very often happens in music too. You don't know what will happen until you're doing it. 
That Way Magic Lies. You can find out all about Lucy and what she's up to via her links in the show notes, so go and take a look. Now, remember in the intro I mentioned that I needed a favour. Believe it or not, Creative Cuppa is coming to the end of its second season. I'm going by year, so 2021 is season two, and season three will start in January. I'm always looking at ways to improve and deliver the best possible content I can to you and hopefully to attract new listeners too. So I've prepared a listener survey. It'll take a few minutes to complete. I don't collect email addresses or anything like that, so it won't be used to sell you anything. The link is in the show notes, and I would really, really, really appreciate it. How many releases is that? Really, 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 really appreciate it if you could fill it in and help be a part of how Creative Cupper improves and grows. It's a bit nerve-wracking putting it out there, but please be honest, I will truly appreciate your feedback and use it to improve the show. Okay, that's all for now. So until next time, stay kind, stay creative, and thanks for joining me for a cuppa. Mm-hmm.